Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nature City Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Pradelli, and I'm also the CEO and co-founder of Nature City, having started the company over 20 years ago with my wife, Beth. And since then, it's been our pleasure to serve over 500,000 Americans by offering them the best supplements we can make. Today, we're going to be talking about an exciting ingredient in the prostate and urinary health market. It's called H-Prost. And to break it all down, we are joined by Dr. Christopher Bailey, who is the Director of Scientific Affairs at Gencore, who's the maker of the Age Prost ingredient. Chris, you know, spent the last eight years working in the supplement industry, and that was after, you know, getting his PhD at the University of Miami, also known as the U. So, uh, Chris, great to see you, and thank you for making time to join us today. Happy to be here, Carl. Thank you. So let's dive into it. So I'm excited to have this conversation because I don't feel like the full story of age process has really been told yet. So maybe you could just tell us what, it, what exactly is it? Yeah. Excited to be here to, to share more of that story. You guys, uh, I've, I've been told, are, are likely to be the first one to launch age process worldwide. So uh, great to be able to shed a little bit of light on, on what it is. And Ageprost is a, an extract of uh, ageratum conizoids. I might be, be messing up that pronunciation a little bit. My, my Latin is not perfect, but um, it's, it's an alternative to other ingredients like Pygeum or Salpimetto to support prostate health. And we, we have a proprietary extraction process. We, we cultivate the material in India. Uh, we have our own farms, partner with others. And uh, we, we launched that uh, a couple of years ago and have clinical trials still going on for, for more health benefit applications. I know today we'll be focusing on prostate, but more to follow on hair health in the future. No, that's great. And the, um, yeah, it is a mouthful to say. I think it's ageratum conzioitis is, I think, the, about as good as I can do with the pronunciation. But I think it's also nicknamed uh, goatweed or billy goatweed or something, which might be easier for all of us to remember. Yeah. And, and as a weed, it's a really easy growing plant. It, you know, once you, once you, uh, plant seeds, it's about two months from, uh, germination to full maturity. So the nice thing about it is we're, we're able to, to scale it up as, uh, as your customers need more on a yearly basis, we can readily grow more of that and make sure they continue to enjoy that on a, on a monthly basis and see those benefits over the long term. So I'd love to dive into a little bit of the background and historical use of, you know, of this weed, if you will, goat weed. Um, I know there's, you know, I read there's some uh, evidence of use for prostate and urinary health in some of the Caribbean nations. Um, but if you don't mind, just maybe fill in a little blanks there for us. Yeah. So uh, one of the two founders of uh, GenCore is, is Venkatesh, and, and he heads up all of our clinical research and a lot of our innovation to scour the world for new ingredients. He lives in Hong Kong, but also travels a lot to India and the U.S. and, and Europe to find these. He's a and brilliant. He's a brilliant guy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really smart. He's he's made uh, some other ingredients. Uh, you know, people might be familiar with for supporting testosterone that's enjoyed worldwide for many years. And so, th this product is an evolution of wanting to expand beyond just increasing testosterone, but then focusing on prostate health as another area that, that consumers are really looking for um, in, in the aging male population. 
So what, what he did was he was referred by Madras University, which is a, a university in India, and they mentioned a, a, a traditional use of it for, for hair health. And then he wanted to explore how it could support hair health. And the, the pathway that it supports hair is the same pathway that it has benefits for prostate health. So that led to um, preclinical studies looking at the cellular mechanisms for supporting that enzymatic pathway, which we'll get into. And then the evolution of that was to provide both uh, the product as hair age, which is the same ingredient, uh, and then as age prost for prostate health. So we, we have two, two branches of clinical research, one for hair health and one for prostate health. No, I definitely want to dive into that, especially on the prostate side here in a bit. But even before we get there, Chris, um, you know, anytime we or customers here, well, is this great new ingredient. Um, you know, one of the first questions is, well, is it safe to use? And I know given the quality work you guys do, you probably did a, a fair amount of work to um, demonstrate safety um, to be used as a supplement. Uh, is, that, is that fair? Yeah, so we we use uh, we have our own science team internally, and then we work with uh, experts who have backgrounds in toxicology and are able to conduct that safety research to first understand how the ingredient works, and then and how we can best prepare human clinical trials to to assess its efficacy. But we first make sure it's safe for those human participants before we start. And once we establish that, we have a uh, published safety study um, preclinical model. And then we, we did the human clinical trial um, for the prostate health and found it was well tolerated. And we also did uh, another study for the hair health and also found it was well tolerated there too. So we did something called self-affirm grass, which is a, a regulatory process. And, and grass um, is G-R-A-S, or generally recognized as safe. And so we had this independent panel convene looking at all of the safety data and, and clinical data that also was done in people. Uh, to see that they could, they all agreed independently that they felt comfortable with the safety moving forward. They signed on that, and we had a um, expert group uh, assemble those independent people. Um, so they have no relationship to GenCore. So it's nice to have that unbiased opinion in reviewing our data and have them ask questions and see um, that we're we're fully prepared to launch. And that's that's one of the great things about GenCore is that we when we have new clinical ingredients, we don't just look at how quickly we can get it to market, how, how fast we can, we can sell it. But it's also about getting all those steps ahead of time and being prepared so that uh, when, when Nature City uh, launches the product, they feel confident in its safety uh, in addition to the efficacy. So we, we, we feel that safety really is where we have to start. Uh, and then we can go forward with efficacy and, and how to launch it around the world. Now, it's a great approach and one of the reasons we enjoy working with GenCore and have for many years. So um, let's maybe uh, just get into the efficacy study a little bit uh, with respect to prostate and urinary health. Um, you know, it was you know, one of the things that caught my attention. It was a pretty good sized study, I think 109 total participants. Uh, what population did you target for this study? What types of folks were included in this or men, I guess, specific, specifically? Yeah, so we looked at healthy men between the ages of uh, 41 and 76, and what we wanted to do is make sure that they didn't have any other conditions that would affect the accuracy of understanding the benefits for prostate health. So we want individuals that have uh, a stable health profile where it's not 
changing of, you know, they're, they're taking other supplements or they're doing different exercise routines or they're doing drastic changes in their lifestyle in the middle of it. We want them to be um, very stable throughout the duration of the study so we can understand the benefits of the ingredient or what is driving that improvement in prostate health. So we, we, we created a profile where the subjects in the study to begin with had um, high scores on the International Prostate Symptom Score, uh, which is a series of questions to understand uh, your, your general prostate health based on self-reported symptoms. And so the people in the study reported that they were uh, severely symptomatic uh, in, in where they, they did have concerns about their prostate health. And so I have a little bit of uh, some of the questions I wanted to go over that will give you an idea of the, the, the subjects that were in the study. So, but just to clarify, just to clarify what you're saying here, Chris, I think is um, these folks are suffering with some of the, you know, expected age related issues with prostate with respect to, you know, nighttime, daytime, excess ur- urination or flow, that type of thing. But otherwise, their prostates and health were, 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 were you know, were pretty good. Normal PSA scores, normal testosterone scores. So right. there wasn't any underlying condition that, you know, might affect the study. Is that right? Yep. And, and so as, as you said, it was things like, um, the, the urinary flow, the strength of the urinary stream, uh, things like if they had to strain or push to, to start urination, um, if they were getting up in the middle of the night often to use the bathroom, um, or if they felt that they couldn't put off using the bathroom and they felt they had a sense of urgency to go now. And, and those kind of things are disruptive to, you know, the quality of our life. You know, if we, uh, you know, if I want to take a road trip with family and, and, you know, drive three or four hours and I'm distracted by, you know, do I need to find somewhere to stop, even though I don't have to fuel up on gas and so on. Um, or if I'm doing international travel, um, or if I'm hiking and, you know, I don't know where the next bathroom is on that trip. Uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have less interruptions there and, and have, um, more peace of mind that your prostate symptoms aren't interfering with your activities. Yeah. And then, then, then that's just the daytime and nighttime. Then there's a sleep disruption, right? I mean, you know, it's not unusual for some men who are struggling, um, to wake up two, maybe three times a night, which is, even though I'm in this age range, I'm happy to say I'm I'm not having that experience. I could, I sleep through, uh, most nights, which, which I guess is in part to maybe, uh, age process. Right. But, um, but no, but, um, you know, sleep is so important to health and to have that disruption multiple times a night is, is a challenge, you know, very much so. Yeah. We, we thrive on having a routine during the day and at night. Um, and, and having a disruption in that pattern is, you know, getting in the way of other goals we have feeling more rested in the morning, having that energy to do exercise and physical activity and be productive at work. And so the less times we can wake up in the middle of the night, all the better uh, to be better functioning during the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know you mentioned, um, the international prostate symptom score, you know, abbreviated as IPSS. Um, and that's what you use as your model for the, for your study or the published scientific study you did on age process. And, and that was really important to us when we uh, first started looking at this, because we really view that as the gold standard standard, excuse me, for how to evaluate you know, prostate health ingredients in the supplement world, you know, not everybody does this work. So, um, so I'm curious what, 
when you guys started the study, what well, what did you find? Yeah, at that at that baseline, both the this was a uh, placebo controlled trial, so there was the age pros group, and then some people were assigned to the placebo group, and we wanted to see whether we don't want to see whether it just changes over time, but whether the the changes in the supplement group are unique in comparison to the placebo group. So we found overall that there was a, a high level, uh, high score on the international prostate symptom score for for both groups, and actually the um, HPROS group was at uh, was twenty two, and anything above twenty is that severely symptomatic range. And so the goal is to to lower the score, but we want to do that in a meaningful way, where it's not just lowering the score; it's getting people into a new category, uh, a lower category where they have less symptoms, uh, and that's going to be. Um, important for getting them to to feel better and have less interruption in their, their daily activities. So um, looking at the study, I think you started to get uh, noted improvements after four weeks. I think it was a 12-week study, if I recall. And I think it started at the four weeks and then the results continued to improve through the end of the study. Is, is that right? Yeah. So we had measures at, at baseline, which would be your week zero, week four, eight, and 12. And we saw a gradual reduction occurring. So we, we saw that improvement starting at week four. At week eight, it continued. And then it was maintained uh, at that week 12. So uh, people should be seeing improvements um, within, within the first month or so. And then they're going to be able to maintain that through continued administration of age processing. You know, and of course, um, you compute your scores as an average. So it's an average of everybody. So, you know, people respond differently. Um, some, some may take longer, some, some may be sooner, you know, some, unfortunately, like with any ingredient it might be none, not at all, but, uh, but overall the results, uh, for the group taking age frost were, were pretty impressive. I thought. Yeah. We want to get a, a, a decent subject size and we have a large number of subjects here. Um, as you said, over a hundred and, and to have that is to get the, the more you have to make up that average is going to be more representative of the population. And so having um, aging males that already have this baseline of, of prostate symptoms where they, they want to improve their prostate health, that's also the person who's going to be interested in taking age prost, right? So you want to make sure that your clinical research matches the people that have an interest in taking the product. So that was, that was the first goal of the criteria we established. And then seeing that improvement over time, uh, the higher subject size gives us a higher degree of confidence that those results are, are more consistent. Um, and again, there will be individual responses, but having that larger sample size uh, helps to give us more confidence that it's a representation of, of the true effect of age process. Right. No, no question about it. And that's, um, yeah, that's why I said at the outset, I was impressed with the size of the study because, you know, sometimes small studies, you can get a little bit of a false reading either way, positive or negative, right? Um, yeah. But so I know, I think you said um, the the score... The IPSS score for the group started at 22. Do you know where you ended up? Yeah, we went down to the 15.1, which is the average. And so that, that takes you into a whole new category of just moderate, moderately symptomatic. And I think for someone who recognizes that they, they were severe to begin with and, and became moderate, uh, they should be able to notice that difference. And the nice thing about the IPSS is that this is a... Uh, people taking their own temperature in a sense, right? For, for how they're feeling about their, their prostate health and getting all of these questions. It's, it's a multifactorial measure. It's not just 
one measurement. There's a lot of things that go into to prostate health and, and how you feel overall about it day to day. So having that drop um, to a whole new category, I, I think is really interesting. And, you know, it's something that consumers can, can look up the study and we have, we have that study fully published. So mm-hmm. I know we'll, we'll go over more details from it, but also I, I encourage people to read the full paper. No, no question. I think that'd be a great idea. Um, and some of the notable findings, which again, relate to some of the things we were discussing earlier in terms of disruption, life disruption would be frequency of, you know, daytime urination and nighttime urination. Um, did you see an effect from the age process on both of those measures? Yeah, we saw improvements in both the daytime and nighttime urination frequency. And what I want to point out with that is, in my opinion, I'm I'm most excited about the nighttime urination frequency improvements. Um, it's also factored into the IPSS score, but we wanted to see it separately because it's definitely something that people hone in on. And sure. I think with with the daytime, I mean, it all depends on your your individual life, work schedule, and social schedule, but. Um, as you said, sleep is just one of the, the biggest factors uh, to our overall health and well-being. So less interruption there, all the better. And yeah, we, we measured that through a diary and then, and then took averages over the course of the study to check in with people. So definitely um, what we hear a lot from men, one of the first questions they have is respect to this daytime and, and even more so the nighttime urination frequency. Um, you know, I mean, daytime, I think you alluded to it before, but we have some folks who like still spend a lot of time in cars driving around as part of their job, you know, and if they have to urinate too frequently, obviously it's a major disruption to what happens to them during the course of the day or the ability to perform their job. But nighttime's are even more challenging because, you know, not only, are you, not only does it affect you, but you could be disturbing, you know, your wife or partner or whomever that, you know, may be affected by you waking up to having, you know, several times a, a uh, you know, a night. Um, so that's a really kind of, so, you know, I, you know, that's just to me, one of the most important findings of the study. Yeah. And, and for me, uh, being in my thirties and, and, you know, going into that, uh, older age category over the years, I travel a lot for work. So the daytime factor is, is huge for me. And then at night, you know, I want that time to be when I'm resting and recuperating, from, from being on the road all day or getting off a six hour cross country flight. So the idea of, uh, having more peace of mind and not worrying as much about my sleep, not being the quality I want it to, uh, is huge for me. And, and that's why, you know, age process is something that I'll be interested in as I continue to get older and get into that range of the study of the 41 to 76. No, no question. I mean, it's, you always know, say it's, you know, when it comes to prostate health, um, yeah, I think I've seen some statistics that you know up to ninety percent of men will have prostate issues they have to to deal with as they you know as they age. So you know, the sooner you start and maintain good prostate health, probably the better is what I what I always recommend. So, and yeah, and with that, one of the when when you're looking up statistics about the prevalence of of prostate issues, the the other thing too to consider is what's called LUTs or lower urinary tract symptoms in men. And we see a huge increase in that 
uh, over the course of, of the male lifespan. And with every, every decade, a male gets older, starting at a certain age, I think it was in the thirties or forties, um, you get this huge increase to where a significant portion of men, um, you know, 70 above, it's a major concern for them. It's not where it might be less common in, in a, in a young adult, but as they continue to get older, there's just going to be that natural increase associated with age. And that's something to consider where, you know, age pros can play a role, uh, you know, each year going forward, it's more important. No, absolutely. It's, there's, there's no question about that. So I know you guys also did some work, Chris, with respect to looking at, you know, how does age pros work in terms of some of the mechanisms of action or, you know, other things that, you know, kind of explain why, you know, why this can help. Um, what did you learn there? Yeah. So we, we, we did a, a preclinical study within the human trial publication that's available to read online for everyone. And the, the interesting thing about that is the major one that we were interested in is the inhibition of 5-alpha reductase. And, and that is something that facilitates the conversion of testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, which is also referred to as DHT. You'll hear people talk about DHT a lot on, on social media, online, and, and health articles. DHT is one of the, the hormones that's implicated uh, in adversely affecting prostate health. So the idea that we can not, not alter testosterone levels, but alter the downstream effects of testosterone conversion into other metabolites in the body is really important. So the, the study there, we, we compared it to, to Salpimeto, um, which I, I know is also another ingredient we'll, we'll talk about and, and how that differs from, from age prost. And what was exciting is that we had a comparable ability um, on a specific isoform. There, there's multiple different um, kind of subtypes of 5-alpha reductase, and we found it to be comparable uh, in, in, in inhibiting 5-alpha reductase in this preclinical model. And that's what got us so excited, not just for, for prostate health, but um, as I mentioned, we were referred by Madras University was, was for hair health too, because that, that those same, um, that 5-alpha reductase is not just a consideration in, in prostate tissue or prostate cells, but also in, in hair follicles. So there, are, there is benefits for, for hair health as well. Yeah. Uh, we have new research going there. Yeah, let's, um, let's just, for some folks may not be as familiar with the whole DHT thing. It's, I think it's important enough just to uh, spend another moment, another moment on it. Um, so what I believe happens is the testosterone, some of the testosterone in your body may be converted by this enzyme you refer to 5-alpha reductase to from change it from testosterone to dihydrotestosterone, which is the DHT. And that's what could have a negative impact on both your prostate health and prostate cells, as well as the hair follicles, which could result in, you know, accelerated uh, perhaps hair loss or thinner hair. Um, is that, is that accurate? Yes. And, and, and the other thing too, that, that I, I think is interesting about the, the adoratum, that's the raw material we use to make at age process that we have some secondary mechanisms of actions too. So in addition to that, uh, we, for, for whole body health too, but especially in the prostate, we want to make sure we optimize that inflammatory response and, and help balance and, and regulate it. And so, um, the, the other body of research, not in, in this particular study, but done on the botanical, um, that we extract, uh, in, in some other research out there in the public domain found that there was an ability to, um, 
regulate and help balance that inflammatory response. So better regulating that in, in the prostate cells, if it can reach there, that, that could be another exciting pathway for us to explore going forward and more research on HPROST. Uh, the other part is going to be the ability to regulate smooth muscle contractions. So, so there's two types of muscle. There's, there's skeletal muscle, which is what we use when we you know, lift something heavy, but then lots of parts of our body, including the prostate, has uh, smooth muscle cell tissue. And so if we can help regulate uh, when that contracts and when it doesn't, that can also play a role in, in the uh, prostate symptoms. Uh, and so if we can better regulate that, uh, that might be a contributor to that improvement in the international prostate symptoms score. So botanicals can be multifactorial in their benefits. And, and the nice thing here is that we know it's comparable to, to sulfamedo for the inhibition of 5-alpha-reductase. We also know it has some unique other pathways that could serve as a potential for supporting prostate health as well. So that's not something, Chris, I'm actually very familiar with. I'm, I'm kind of curious about in terms of this whole uh, muscle relaxation phenomenon, as you know, I, I guess as you're describing. Um, is that suggesting it helps um, urinary health um, by, you know, easing off some of the pressure on the urethra or bladder. So maybe you don't feel as much urgency to urinate. Yeah. So if there's an ability to help that smooth muscle relax, uh, that that's going to be less of a, um, impedance or, or a block to let, uh, a male successfully urinate and, and have a good flow. And so if we can, we can contribute that. And, and that's, that's another interesting thing for us to, to look at in the future is uh, in, in, in preclinical models, you can sometimes block uh, a specific pathway. And then if there's no improvement as a result of blocking it, you know that the, the ingredient may be sure. working through that pathway. And then if you stop blocking that pathway and the ingredient does have the desired effect, then you can, you can isolate it to, to that pathway from that ingredient. So that's the exciting thing about the trial was it's not just, Hey, trust us. This, this has exciting benefits for prostate health is we want to know why. And, and that also is, is something that contributes to our exploration of safety and establish the safety because we can better understand those mechanisms. And then these independent experts can review that. So that gives us that extra vote of confidence where it's not just, Hey, we have this botanical you may have never heard of before, and, and now we're just putting it out there. We've, we've done all this preparatory work, not, not just for you know, marketing it, but for scientific curiosity and, and continuing to produce uh, a body of literature that people that buy nitrocity products and, and also scientists to be inspired to continue to do research on, on Adjuratum. Because I think it's a really interesting crop that, that has some differences from Salpamedo and, and how it's grown and, and, the, and the impact on the environment, which we can get into as well. So Chris, I know it's um, in your safety assessment, but I want to ask it spe uh, specifically because, you know, men always ask the question when it comes to prostate ingredients, you know, is there any, is there going to be any sexual side effects with this? Or, you know, is it going to cause my testosterone levels to drop, you know, based on what you've seen with age prost so far, is that a concern? That's a great question. So in this study, we, we first wanted to establish that uh, these subjects had healthy, normal testosterone levels, and, and we were really focusing independently on the prostate symptoms and, and function over the course of the study. So all the subjects to begin with, whether they were in the age prost study or the placebo, 
had normal testosterone levels. And we saw throughout the study that those levels main, main, uh, stayed in the healthy range or the normal range. So uh, whether they were taking HPROS or the placebo, uh, there, there was no abnormalities found in uh, testosterone levels. Specifically for sexual health, the other thing we wanted to do was, was understand over the course of the study if there were any changes uh, in, in sexual function. So we had a, an interview question, uh, which allowed people, subjects, to report uh, their, their sexual function over the course of the study. And in both the age process and the placebo, we saw no change in, in sexual function. Right. So that, that was exciting to see. So we saw the improvements in the age process for prostate health, but we didn't see a detrimental impact uh, on sexual health or testosterone. That's uh, very important and good to hear. So um, we, um, we discussed a little bit about, we brought up saw palmetto, which you know is a very popular ingredient in supplements for prostate and urinary health. Um, you know, I mean, like anything else, some, some men don't respond well or have tried sulpamel and not had desired results. How, do you think, um, you know, how do you think age prostacks up uh, and would it make like a good alternative for men to try who have not had the benefits they seek from sulpamel? Yeah, so, so sulpamel has... Uh, in that preclinical work, similar effect on, on 5-alpha reductase, but those secondary mechanisms can be different um, as we're starting to explore more and, and understand more from the body of research out there. And then from future studies, we'll, we'll probably do with age prost. And that's those, those other mechanisms about affecting the regulating or supporting a balanced inflammatory response, but also that smooth mu muscle contraction and, yeah. and helping to regulate that. So... It is definitely a great alternative to Salpamedo. And if someone's interested in, in trying a unique uh, take on prostate health, then HPROS is a great option. Yeah, the double effect you get uh, from the DHT as well as the, you know, the smooth muscle um, effect um, is definitely uh, a little bit of a double, you know, double benefit, I guess, right? So, and I guess in Salpamedo too, being Florida, Florida residents, um, you know, there's some worries about sustainability and, you know, availability as the, you know, as the market grows. So, um, so yeah, we have to keep that in mind too. Yeah. So on that, and, and I'm a Florida resident as well, and, and both of us probably driving all over the state on vacations or work and whatnot, we'll see Salpamedo growing on the side of the road or on, on various properties. And it's, it's a crop that, uh, it, it looks like a little shrub um, with, with spiky leaves on it. And so historically, a lot of people have just destroyed Salpamedo because, you know, they walk around and they have livestock and, and the sharp leaves might, yeah. might cut livestock. It's not convenient for cattle. So people thought, you know, cut it down or, or burn it and, and not really do anything with it. And it wasn't until they understand understood sure. the benefits of prostate health. But the challenge with it is yeah. it's not something that you just plant in, in a bunch of rows on a farm. It's not really viable to do that. So most of it's just harvested from the wild. And if it's harvested from, you know, undeveloped land for, for agriculture, what's there? And, and that's going to be, you know, natural wildlife. And so one of the major uh, animals that lives out there is, is the Florida black bear. And we have so much development in Florida, new home communities and construction that their habitat is going to be limited to that undeveloped land that we have here in Florida. So salt palmetto is, is a major source of, of food for them. And we already 
have so much going on with, with development in the state and the huge growth we've had over the past couple of years that depriving them of salt meadow is, is limiting access to a major food source. And it, it leaves them little alternative than to kind of come into our communities to forage for food and, and, and clash with civilization, right? So by, by using age prost and, and having it on a, a farm that GenCorp, we, we farm it ourselves and then we have farmers we contract with. Not only are we, we doing an environment that's already established farm, but we're also providing um, a, a stimulation to the economy for those communities in India that we work with. No, that's, that's terrific. That's all terrific. And, and for folks listening, if, if, you, uh, if the thunder and lightning in the background is, is at all disturbance, I apologize. That's summer in South Florida. Um, but uh, we will continue. So, um, Chris, one of the things I another thing that comes up occasionally, and I'm not sure if you're able to address this or not, is um, yeah, women are curious if they can use this ingredient, engage process ingredient, even though you know it's principally been targeted for men. Is is there any concerns with usage by women? The the material is is well tolerated in, in women as well, and so. We, we recently completed a, a clinical trial looking at the benefits for hair health, and we included both men and women. The, the way that it benefits hair health uh, may differ, differ a little bit between men as it, uh, for women, but the, the ingredient was well tolerated in, in both genders. So I, I don't see an issue with someone having an interest in, in age prost or inadvertently if they took a capsule that had a little bit of age prost in it. Uh, both, both groups... Uh, went through the study and, and found it to be well, well tolerated. Great. Good to hear. Well, Chris, before we wrap up, is there anything else we have not covered with respect to HPROS that, uh, that you'd like, you'd like to share? Yeah. So, so a couple of things, as you mentioned, the, the South Florida weather that you've got going on down there, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be getting some rain soon today. Uh, that's just Florida for you in the summer. But, but with that, the, the season for, for salt and meadow to harvest it is from August through October, and that is, is right in the middle of hurricane season. And so if too much hurricane winds, the, the berries fall off the shrub, and it's too early, and they haven't ripened yet, so you can't really benefit from it and extract it to make a product. And then also, if there's too much rain, there can be you know, fungus or mold of some types, uh, which makes it where the berries die anyway. So, so with that, the, with prostate supplements, prostate health is, is an ongoing concern for aging men once they reach a certain age for the rest of their lives, right? So to, to worry about the availability of, of that material from year to year, whether you have a really bad hurricane season and then now Salpamedo is in short supply or it gets more expensive because it's so scarce, it's, it, it would be hard to rely on that consistently year to year. And, Prostate health isn't something that I think about for one month and then for the rest of my life, forget about it. If, if prostate health is important to me, it's something I want to uh, come to rely on if I benefit from age prost every month, not just one time. No question about it. Uh, sustainability is key. And, uh, and these ingredients do work best, as you kind of alluded to, when you use them daily over the long term. So, um, well, Chris, look... Um, you know, obviously enjoyed the conversation. Very informative. As I mentioned, I don't think the age pros story has really been told before in this type of forum. So, so really appreciate you making time for this. Um, 
you know, for folks watching who are interested in age prost, um, you know, Nature City does include age prost in its true prostate formula. Um, as Chris mentioned, uh, the scientific work on age prost uh, was evaluated using the IPSS scoring system, which we do believe is the gold standard. We also complement age prost in true prostate with two other ingredients also evaluate on the same scale shown and and they work a little differently which is nice uh nice as well so please check out um true prostate and if you have any questions please reach out to us chris again thank you so much really enjoy enjoy the long-term working relationship we've had with gencore and you personally um and thank you for joining us thank you so much always great to work with a fellow floridian too no question about it. That's all for this week. I'm Carl Perdelli, and thank you for joining us. Uh, if you like, you can like us on YouTube. You can also hear us on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and several others. So please join us again next week. Mm-hmm.